Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a free resource that is going to be a game changer for you because that's what changed my life. I looked around the five habits that I used to get me out of a depression to allow me to go from being rejected to pharmacy school to a thriving pharmacist influencer, professional speaker, and best-selling author. I whittled them down to five habits that allowed me to thrive, and I turned those into a step-by-step ebook so that you can take the exact things I used to help you thrive and live a life that you desire and deserve. So check the show notes to get the free ebook, Five Healthcare Habits to Thrive. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Dr. Adam Martin, the Fit Pharmacist, welcome. What's up, Tim? How are you doing today? Man, I am doing great. How, how, how's your week been, and uh, how, how are you doing? Dude, it's Fit Pharmacist Friday. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. So you you recently published a resource, and we'll link to this uh, as well, Five to Thrive Healthcare Habits, Simple and Quick Ways to Use What You Have to Live a Lifestyle You Dream About. And it caught my attention because of how much overlap there was between those five habits and what I often think about as it relates to the financial plan. And so I'm going to dig into each one of those in more detail. And this has been a long time in the making. You know, you and I had the opportunity to present together at the OPA annual meeting last year in Columbus. That was on fire, right? That was an awesome yeah. session that we did together. And I've thought so many times when you you and I have a chance to converse and dig deep, like there is so much synergy between a lot of the work that you're doing and and, and the focus on the, on the mindset and the healthcare and how we often need to, should be thinking about the financial plan as well. So this is going to be a, a party of sorts. It, it always is, right? When, when Dr. Adam Martin's on the line. And so before we get into those five habits, we'll walk through them one by one. I don't want to just gloss over the significance of operating from a mindset of thriving, right? Rather than just getting by and surviving. And so since the focus of our time together is going to be all about thriving, tell us more about why that is center to what you're doing and what you're talking about and how you've developed that mindset and, and learned that through your own experiences. Absolutely, Tim. Well, first off, thanks so much for the opportunity. Like you said, it's always fire getting together, especially in person, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll roll with this. <laughs> um, but yeah, OPA was awesome. First live event since COVID, I, I believe, for, for yep. both of us in a long time. So that's kind of where that idea stemmed from because there are so many overlaps with wellness mm-hmm. and fitness and also your money because you won't feel very well if you're broke or in debt, right? Mm-hmm. So it just kind of goes with that through line. But the reason that I made this, and, and just so y'all know, this is a free ebook, so I'm not selling anything. This is such a needed resource. I created it, like put a ton of time made it simply applicable because there's so much information out there that, yeah, it's great, but how are you going to apply it? That's right. For example, we all want to get healthier, right? Mm -hmm. So we go and hire a nutritionist, dietitian, whatever, that's outside of our normal. And they say, be mindful when you eat. Chew your salad 30 times before you eat. (laughs) We don't get lunch breaks. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> so when you take the da- the science, the research, and you say, how can I practically apply this in a simple way? Because here's the reality. You ain't got more time. You ain't got mm-hmm. any time. You ain't got more things. And you've got no room left on your to-do list. So how are you going to make a change that you know you need to make and you want to make when you don't have time, 
when you don't have money and you don't know what's going to actually work and what's a scam. So I took all the things that I've learned in my journey in coaching my clients and working with some of the best in the world of mindset, of um, fitness, of nutrition, and I condensed them down into a practical framework that is easy to understand and more importantly, easy to implement that yeah. actually gets results. So that's kind of where that came from, from the need of burnout and stress and how do I manage a work-life balance. Yeah. There's such a need for it. That's where it came from. And, and that's why they call you the Tony Robbins of healthcare right there, right? That 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 is, you know, why. And I, I think that, you know, the practical implementation is huge. And, and we see this every day from, from the financial side. I live it you know, in my own, own personal financial journey, we, we can have these big lofty goals with big numbers, man, until we break that down to something that means something to us today that we can put our arms around, that we can grasp, that we can implement, that we can get some momentum and wins on the, the, the those are just nebulous, big, scary goals that, you know, we yeah. can have somebody coach us and say, you know what, you, you Adam, you need $3.5 million in your retirement account to save. What does that mean, right, for 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 today, and how we can practically implement this? So I, again, I, I just love the synergy between the work that you're doing and what we're obviously talking about over at YFP. So let let's jump into these five habits to thrive, and the acronym here to remember is the Smile Framework. Okay, that's right. S is shift your focus. M is move and groove. We'll talk about these each individually. I is identify the best you. L is let loose and celebrate, and E is electrify your spirit. So number one, shift your focus. In, in this habit, you talk about how we often set a goal, could be around losing weight, it could be around you know he healthier eating, connecting to our community, in, in our case, improving our financial situation. And despite knowing what to do, we don't do it. And the choices that we make that do or don't lead us to our goals often revolve around our state of mind. And so my, my question for you here, Adam, is why are we drawn into these negative thought patterns and habits that can put us in ruts and prevent us from achieving our goals, even when we don't want that to be the case? Excellent question, Tim. Why do we do that? We're like, I'm, it's like in the moment. We know we're not supposed to do this, but we're doing it anyway. So big picture, I just want to simplify this. The reason it's called the SMILE framework is that regardless of your nutrition, your job, your career, your personal brand, all of it, mm -hmm. the reason you do anything is so that you become happy. You want a happy life. And what's the most characteristic thing that would kind of show that someone's happy? A smile. And while this might seem mute, it is absolutely true. Yeah. We all want to be happy. That's why we do anything. And by being happy, you smile. So the reason I did this is to make it simple so that you can see that you are focused on the outcome. You're focused on what you want. Mm. Oftentimes when we get overwhelmed or we're pulled in all these directions, for example, what do I do with my finances? The world's going in a recession. What do I do with this? What do I do with that? What's the best workout plan? What's the best nutrition plan? How do I manage stress? The question you have to ask is, what is your outcome? Mm -hmm. What do you want? And that comes right into your question, ironically, because that's the answer. Mm -hmm. The first kind of pin of that smile framework is S, to shift your focus. What you need to ask yourself is, what do I want? What is the outcome that you want? And if you reverse engineer that, it will lead you upstream yes. to realize that it all starts with 
the quality of question that you ask. Mm-hmm. And to your point or question, again, the answer of why do we ask questions that get us so worked up, that get us so stressed out and focused on what's wrong? It's because that's our survival brain. Here's something that I want you to hear and understand. Your brain does not exist to make you financially successful, to make you happy, (laughs) or to make you thrive or live your best life. Mm -hmm. Your brain exists to keep you alive. That's it. So when you're taking a financial risk for a potential gain, that is interpreted as dangerous. Scary. Threats your survival. That's right. Your subconscious is going to hijack you and say, oh, no, that could mean death. Let's not do that. Going to work out. That is painful, (laughs) right? I mean, as literally tearing muscles, yes. After not going for a while, yes. That is painful. That is a threat to survival. So, whatever area of your life you want to improve, you inherently know that when you start that process, that it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we've all heard that phrase nothing grows from comfort zones. So, you have to recognize that you will have resistance from the good intention that your brain is trying to protect you. So don't be hard on yourself and say, why is my brain so stupid? It's trying to keep you alive because that's what it's designed Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So you have to identify the purpose. You have to identify what you want and then recognize there's a gap there that is going to require your active participation. Yeah. And Adam, my mind is spinning with the the financial connection here. So great example. I just, you know, mentioned a big, scary retirement number before, right? $3.5 million. You know, that, that often is not the question we want to focus on. So, you know, we've been trained societally through, you know, a lot of financial information commercials to ask the question of how much do you need in your bank account to retire, right? It's an important question, but it's not the question that we need to be asking ourselves, right? The, the question we need to be asking ourselves is what, what does it mean to live a wealthy life, not just in dollars and cents? Yes. Right. And how can our financial plan support and get us towards living a wealthy life. And why do we even care about this topic of money to begin with? M- money is a tool that derives value only because you and I and the rest of the world say it has value. Objectively, exactly. by itself, it does not have value, right? So why does money matter to you? What does it mean to live a wealthy life? And how can we support a financial plan that aligns with that? Because to your point about some of the, the pain, right? It's no, no different with our finances. If I say that I want to be able to save money for the future because of X, Y, and Z, and that's a compelling reason, well, guess what? That means I'm going to have to not spend it today to save it for the future. There's pain in that, right? There's pain. And so I I love how you focus. And and again, we'll link to this so folks can download it and read it in its entirety. But you have a whole page, maybe two pages. I remember at least one page of questions that we can be asking ourselves, right? Better questions give us better information that we can live with more intentionality. And I think that's so important here when we talk about shifting your focus. So that's habit number one, shifting your focus. Number two, as we work through the smile framework, the M is move and groove. And and you argue that this is the most effective instant antidote as well as prevention to disempowering feelings. That, that, that's a pretty strong statement. T- tell us more. Why is that the case? And what does this practically look like? Absolutely. So without a doubt, if you're in a a funk mood, if you're scared, if you're terrified, the fastest way to break out of that state is to move your body. The fastest way. You can do it immediately. For example, if you ever had like an argument, a confrontation, or you're just 
you've heard the phrase, go walk it off. There's, there's truth behind that. So this comes to go like, well, if we just move, like, what are you saying? Like run away from your problems, running away from your problems, zero burns, zero calories. Okay. But what you have to recognize is that when you move your body, you are changing your state. Yeah. So I'm not saying go run a marathon, but I'm saying if you are, for example, if you're out in public and I told you that I would give you 50 grand, if you could tell me which of the people in public was depressed, I guarantee you could do it. You're not a psychiatrist. That's you ain't right. a therapist. You're, you don't have ESP. But how can you see that? Because language, when they're yeah. walking, their head's down. They're walking slow. Their they're chest's in, right? They're, yep. they're kind of like this. From someone that has overcome that, I can tell you that's absolutely spot on. But if you, if I, to the same, to the other side, I say, what if I gave you 50 grand to identify the most confident person yep. that you encounter? You can already see in your mind what that's like. They've, they're walking with purpose and intention. Their shoulders are back, their chest's out. Maybe they've got like a little swag in their step. <laughs> it's because that motion is inducing the mm. emotion. And if you look at emotion, I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel better. I, I want to be happy. I want to feel fulfilled. Emotion is energy in motion. Yes. So mm -hmm. to snap that, it's very simple. Change how you're carrying yourself, moving yourself. And now to the practical implementation part. Well, Adam, how do I... How do I just snap out of it if I'm had such a bad day, week, month? Music. Yes. Let me ask y'all a question. Have you ever worked in a community pharmacy or just been out in public and on the PA system, on the radio in the store, a song comes on, maybe some Gloria Estefan if we want to throw it back. <laughs> all of a sudden, you see Granny Smith in aisle five tapping her foot to the point where she's like, oh, she, her hip's going to pop out or what? Like, she can't help it. She might not even be aware of it. Everybody is moving, yes. tapping their feet, bobbing their head. Music is the fastest way to change your emotion. Yep. So you can do it without even being aware of it. So that's the fastest way to snap out of your state. Play a song that makes you jive. So we, are we talking dance party in the pharmacy? Is that, is that what we're doing here? So true story. When I started as a pharmacist back in 2012, it was, I mean, busy store like super busy. When I when I retired there in December, we were doing over 600 scripts wow. a day on Monday with no pharmacist overlap. That's the reality. So there's a lot of stress as you can imagine. So in order to kind of refocus, I would actually create something free on Pandora called Happy Radio. So whenever I noticed stress coming, the you know, the levels of tension going up, I would literally play that. And that's where if you ever heard the term club pharmacy, I coined that term back in 2012 because it's how you frame your environment. <laughs> if you say, for example, I have to go to work today, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Versus I get to go to club pharmacy today. That's going to interrupt your state. What is he talking about? Well, yeah. what, what, what? Like Sam's club? Like what? Yeah. So you frame it and then you entertain it and you do something different. And that's how you kind of snap out of the norm so that you yeah. can re-script what you want to get. I love that. And, you know, I think some people, this is more natural than others. For, for me, it's music. You know, you, you talk about in the guide, the idea of, you know, creating your playlist, you know, ha have it ready, right? Um, walking is a huge daily rhythm routine. It just provides, like, for me, some perspective, some space, you know, and some peace of mind as well. So so find that, that piece that really helps you. 
So that's number two, moving group. Number three, the I in the smile framework is identify the best you. What, yeah. what do you mean by this? Identify the best you and, and how can individuals work towards accomplishing this? Excellent question. When it comes to psychology, the most defended aspect of the human condition is your identity. People will defend that to the death. Look at any religious war that's ever been fought. Look yeah. at anyone that's done anything drastic. Look at people who refuse to do anything. What do they say? I'm not that kind of person. That's not who I am. Your identity is the strongest driving force in your psychology. So when we're talking about goals with finances, with fitness, why are you doing that? Why do you want to save three and a half million? Yes, that is obviously a good goal, but what is the means behind that? Yes. What does money mean to you? What will that afford you? There's got to be some sort of compelling future because the reality that we all know is that whatever your goal is, whether it's small or large, think big, by the way, whatever your goal is, you are going to have resistance. You're going to come across adversity. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to start with a lot of motivation. But if you're not committed to exactly with a perfect picture in your mind to visualize exactly why you're putting in the time, why you're putting in the work, why you're sacrificing mm -hmm. a comfortable lifestyle and instead going after it, facing rejection to make calls, to grow whatever you're trying to achieve. You have to have a clear, compelling future that pulls you towards what you want. Keyword you, mm -hmm. what you, you want, want. Yep. not what your friends want. Not what you think you should want or should have or should do. Quit shooting all over yourself, please. <laughs> you want something that is genuinely authentic to what makes you yeah. happy. That's you know, the secret. That last point is huge in, in, in the financial services space, right? Because, you know, I, I talk to people weekly. I've, I experience this, you know, myself as well, where often our goals aren't truly our goals, the reflection yeah. of what we feel like should be our goals or someone else says, or we interpret it as someone else says we should be, should be our goals. One, one thing you said there, I want to dissect a little bit more. You, you kind of mentioned like, by, by the way, think big. And as, as you said that my mind went down this path, how often the goals I hear from individuals, guilty as charged, no judgment to anyone else. We, we often limit those and I'm wondering why. So, so for example, right, if someone says, Hey, I really have a goal to give philanthropically or to give, like usually we'll put a qualifier on that, like, uh, like three, five, 10% of my income, or, you know, I, I really want to save for retirement. It's a big number. Don't get me wrong, but, but we're, we're kind of defaulting to like, what is a limit low number that is, you know, acceptable or that we've heard, you know, elsewhere. And our mind doesn't naturally go towards, well, if instead of making $120,000 a year and I gave 10% of that, right, or $12,000, what if I made $500,000 a year and I need 30% of that or 40? Like, why doesn't our mind go in that direction? You know, why, why are we kind of defaulting to this low norm, if that makes sense? Excellent question. So another thing that we all know of, and I want to kind of bring this back home, is the only thing that's going to stop you is you not the economy, not your circumstances, you. And when I mean you, what I mean is your fear. 
And while there's mm. lots of specific fears with everyone in specific situations, all humans have two fears. There's two fears that are the most common fears, the fear of not being enough mm-hmm. and the fear of being unlovable. So when you're looking at, I want to set a goal, if you say like, oh, this would be a nice increase. Let's say, for example, you're making 120 grand a year and you want to go up to 150, just a little bit. Well, if I set 500 grand a month, that is a huge jump. Yeah. That is a risk that if I don't get it, it might mean that I'm not enough. Yeah. It might mean that I can't be loved because I didn't get this. It's not what's going on. It's not your circumstance. It's the meaning that you give to your circumstance. Yeah. That is the driving force of whether you're going to face everything and rise or fall into that fear. Mm-hmm. It's all based on the meaning that you give something that becomes the outcome. So, so in that example, we're, we're essentially trying to set ourselves up to avoid failure or per, not, not even actual, our perception of what that failure, you know, yeah. would be in that. So that's interesting. Okay. So that, that's number three, identify the best you. Number four, habit number four in the smile framework is let loose and celebrate. You say, quote, you need to party more. Like, like seriously, you will feel like you're losing when you're actually winning if you do not celebrate your wins. And my question here is why do we not celebrate our wins in the same way that we dwell on our losses. Let me paint a scenario that those of you watching or listening might resonate with. You work for years, for months, for let's say getting a job as a pharmacist and you get the job, you get the email, you're on stage getting a promotion. And as they're calling your name and reading your bio, you say, what's next? Mm. You get the promotion. Then you say, I'm going to go after this goal. Let's say that you launch a book. Let's say you're trying to get your name out there and build your personal brand. So you decide that you're going to publish a book. So it gets released. What's next? Mm -hmm. What's next? What's next? You're so focused in the future that you're living in a state of anxiety. Now, here's something that I want to just share as far as emotion, like, why do I feel this way? What's wrong with me? Those kind of things that get us twisted. If you're living in the past, you're living in depression. If you're focused on the future, you're living in anxiety. But when you're focused on the present, it is a gift, which is why it's called the present. The (laughs) attitude of gratitude is honestly the antidote for fear. Try this. If you're angry, frustrated, or ticked off, I want you to think about and just look around and say one thing that you're grateful for, and then say another, and then another. It is literally impossible to be both yes. grateful and angry or upset or overwhelmed at the same time. It is impossible. Yes. Yes. So the antidote to this really is to be grateful at your progress. Now, there is a thin line for this, and I think the, the best way to do it is to live it and really go after your goals. Because on one hand, You don't want to rest on your laurels and take your foot off the gas because if you're not growing, you're dying. So you want to constantly be pursuing the best version of you. But if you're living in that what's next, what's next, what's next, here's the reality. You will feel like you're losing when you're actually winning if you don't take time to note how far you've come. 100%. Yes. So that's really it. So you say like, oh, Adam, there's so much going on. Like, I I don't know. How do I be grateful? I've heard this before. It's not practical, blah, blah, blah. 
So we're going to go with the grin, with, with, with the small framework and, and stay on, on theme here. And I actually found this out of a necessity when I was in a really dark time in my life many years ago, because I heard this over and over and over from so many successful people. Gratitude is the antidote to everything, all this sort of stuff. So I woke up in an anxiety attack and I thought, how can I start this gratitude thing? So I was laying in bed and I said, what can I be grateful for right here, right now? So I just rolled my feet around like, wow, these sheets are really comfortable. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really grateful to have comfortable sheets. Wow, I'm on a comfortable mattress. I'm really grateful to have this mattress and not be laying on the floor. Wow, I have my own bedroom. I'm grateful to be in this bedroom. Oh my goodness, I own a house. Wow, I own a house. And it's in a neighborhood that's quiet. Just be quiet and listen. I can't hear anything. It's so quiet. I live in this city. So it became a ripple effect from wherever you are in the moment. State and feel and focus on wherever you are in the moment so that it's real. Yes. It's one say to say that you're it's one thing to say that you're grateful for something that might have happened, but when you can be lying in bed and feel your soft sheets, it gives evidence and makes that real. Mm -hmm. When you're in your room and you like peace and quiet and you just listen to the silence, that is evidence that yes, this is something I can be grateful yes. for. So the acronym I made for this is to grin. It's the gratitude ripple in the now. So it. wherever you are, just just take just pause and start thinking like, do you have clothes on those? Probably. I mean, not everyone in the world has clothes, right? Are you standing somewhere that is safe? Is it raining outside? But you've got a shelter over your head and just start where you are and ripple from where you are outwards and just watch what happens inside. That is truly the secret. But it's so simple. People throw it out like, oh, yeah. It's so simple, it can't fix my complex problem. The antidote really is that simple, and it's so simple that it actually works. Yeah, I really like that. And, and you and I have talked about this before. This has been transformative in, in my own life. So I am notorious for living in the future. Uh, we, we all do. Living in the present is not my jam. I, I will say I'm not a big dweller of the past, so that is something I'm, I'm grateful for. But what I have found is like what you describe, you know, publishing a book, what's next, you know, giving a speaking event, what's next, you know, achieving this milestone, what's next. And it, it's not natural for me to really pause and be present in the moment. But the gratitude piece, what I have found is, and you, you described it perfectly, an example, you know, when you're laying there in bed in the midst of an anxiety attack, as you're going through a gratitude exercise and reflection, it forces you to be present in the moment. It shifts your perspective and focus while you're there as well. And I think the trick for, for this, in my opinion, which you really address here with the gratitude ripple on the now, the, the grin acronym, is it doesn't have to be like a, a one time in the morning, I'm going to do a gratitude exercise for five minutes. Like this could be a quick reminder as you're going throughout the day, because as, as you highlight, I mean, any given moment in the day, we can all stop and find one thing that we're thankful for in that moment. Yes. So I, I love that. And one right. caveat to that, I, I don't want to say that thinking in the future is a bad thing. You want to always be planning. And this is one of the biggest uh, sources of anxiety that pharmacists have. When you're in pharmacy school, your goal is to graduate and get a job. So when you graduate and get a job, if you don't have goals, you have a problem. And that's where a lot of pharmacy students transitioning to pharmacist life are. So I don't want to downplay yeah. how valuable 
forward thinking is, just make sure that as you make those milestones, you pause, you note them, and you celebrate them however you actually can feel that celebration of your progress in the process. I love that. Great, great, great input. Number five in the smile framework is electrify your spirit. And, and it's clear as we're talking that consistency is the key here when, when we talk about the smile framework and the importance of a daily routine. You say in the ebook, you know, stand guard at the doorway of your mind at the most critical time of the day, the beginning. T yeah. Tell us more about why standing guard at the beginning of the day is, is that important and what are some of the habits that folks can implement to help here. So have you ever woke up and you stub your toe and then you realize that you're late and you get a red light and then your tech doesn't show up or someone comes and yells at you and what do you say? Wow, this day keeps going from bad to worse. It is a ripple effect from what you focus on, literally taking all that we've looked at through the smile framework, starting with shifting your focus. Mm -hmm. When you wake up in the morning, you have a clean slate. You are starting with a brand new bank account of time for those 24 hours. And if the first thing you look at or think about is your to-do list or the news or all the things that you wish you did, then that's going to ripple and transcend the whole mood of your day. Yes. So y'all know this is true, but we all do it. So the simplest thing, again, simple doesn't mean easy, especially if this is a habit that you've had for a long time. The simplest thing to stand guard at the door of your mind is to not touch your phone mm. for the first half hour, hour, whatever that might be. For me, it's two hours That because it, it's that sacred of time. Because think about it. People want to get your attention. News highlights. They're not talking about, you know, new puppies that were given out for free. They're talking about stabbings and murder and death. Push, and push notification, push yeah. notification. <laughs> yeah, ding, bloop, bloop, all that yeah. stuff. It's grabbing your attention. Your eyeballs are the new real estate. That's what everyone is after. And the best way to get them, again, again coming back to an original point, is your brain. And your brain is wired to keep you alive. Yeah. So it is going to be focused on any potential threat as a means to protect you. So knowing that, that's how media and everyone uses that fact of your physiology to grab your attention, to lead with danger and all these negative yeah. things. So if you can just give yourself an hour to instead of let other people direct how your day is gonna go and really own your hour and decide and declare that I am going to fill the first hour, half hour, whatever you allow, that that first fruit of your day yes. needs to be given and stewarded in a way that it sets the tone and ripples you towards the compelling future that you want instead of I have to avoid all this stuff that I don't mm -hmm. want. So yeah. really start simple. The phone is the most effective thing, and that's hard for a lot of people. I remember when I first did this years ago, it was like an addiction, and it's it's just how we are in society, yeah. but it's become normalized to the point where no one really questions it. But when you realize that by doing that, you're giving control of your mind and focus mm -hmm. to other people that just want your eyeballs and want you to click and scroll and all this stuff, it puts you in the driver's seat so that you can now intentionally be present on what you want to do. So you can start simple. This is my routine. This has evolved over the years. I start off 
by saying, good morning, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, fill me and guide me so I can be a blessing in your way through this day. Today is going to be an amazing, outstanding day. And then I take a five-minute freezing cold shower. I read my devotional. I jump in the Bible. And then I'm off on my 45-minute walk. That's how I start. Now, that might not be practical for you. You might generally, like, realistically have five minutes. Yeah. In those five minutes, don't be on your phone and start with the gratitude ripple, the grin, to start where you are, to start listing things you're grateful for. I promise if you do that every day for 30 days, you'll feel like a totally different person. Yeah, it's about winning the start of the day whether that's five minutes or three hours, right? You know, some people, maybe there's more flexibility in time, whatever, many folks, that's not the case. You know, winning the day and the momentum, and as you mentioned, the ripple effect that can come from that. I, I love that. And my, mine has evolved o- over time, you know, and, and there's certain seasons where, you know, I'm humming every day. There's other seasons where I kind of fall off track. You give yourself some grace, you get back on, but I consistently come back to, a noticeable, palpable difference. And I'm sure Jess and the boys would, would say that they can see it as well when I start and win the day. Yeah. Be- because what I have found, and you know, th- this has taken a while to really, I think, re- realize and, and work through is that things can just begin to quickly un- unravel and you throw your hands up if, if things aren't going in the, in the steps I think they should go. And what I've realized, especially with my four boys, is that it is rare very rare actually that their behavior changes in any given day it's my perspective patience and mindset coming into my interactions with them when i walk out of my home office door that first two to five minutes which is on me and my responsibility sets the tone for the rest of the evening yes the rest of the evening and, you know, for the longest time, I'd kind of throw my hands up a little bit of a victim mentality of like, ah, oh, man, they are so loud, Adam. They are so loud. You know, can't, can't they just be quiet? And it's like, I, I remember having this conversation with my wife one time. It's like, man, they really don't change a lot in any given day. I mean, sure, there's a behavior thing here or there, but like, it really is like my mindset, my preparation, my awareness. And that obviously is talking more about the second half of the day. But, you know, same can be said, I think, for the, the first part of the day as well. So, yes. And and Tim, you said something that was such a gem. I I have to bring it to the forefront. You said, I have to give myself some grace. And I really want everyone listening to this to understand, embody, and implement that. Because if you're listening to this, chances are you're going after the best version of you. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're in this community, it's because you want more. You know you're destined to be more, to give more, to do more, to contribute, not just to improve your life, but to be an impact on those that you are blessed mm-hmm. to influence. That's ultimate leadership is influence. Yeah. So when you're in this journey, remember that it is not about a destination. It's about who you become in the process. It is about progress, not perfection. So if you're wanting to be a good leader, if you're wanting to be the best employee wherever you are in your career, if you want to receive something like grace, because we all are very human, the best way to receive something is to give it. Mm -hmm. And to the point of finances, so many people, one of their reasons that they want to save, and call me on this if I'm wrong, Tim, you're the pro of the pros. 
One of the reasons that people give to want to save money and make more is so that they can have more to give away. Yeah, they can right. contribute to their church, you know, whatever it might be, true or true. True, true. Yep. <laughs> so here's the challenge, and this is very humbling, but this is literally the cheat codes for life. This is how it works. Whenever you identify whatever it is you want to receive, you must become it and go give it. Because especially with finance, here's the reality. If you won't give a dime out of a dollar, you'll never give a million out of a billion. So it's not, I'll wait until. It's how can you give from where you are right now? Because whatever you give will come back to you tenfold. Yeah. Now, that's not the reason that you give, but the secret, the life hack, the, the behind the scenes truth is that the secret to living is giving. Yes. And when you embody that and say, if I want this to come in my life, how can I become it? And then use that to give and serve others. Your life will never be the same. Yeah. And you will actually start to find that you are smiling more than you ever thought possible. Oh man, that is so true. And, and so much wisdom in that, that, you know, I think we, we can fall into that trap and it, and it is a trap to think that in that day in the future, future state, when I've got X in the bank, at that point, like I'll, I'll be ready in a position to give. And, you know, and, and, and to your point about building that habit and that muscle and making that a priority. So, so important. So there you have it. The smile framework, as always, Dr. Adam Martin, it has been a pleasure. I'm so grateful for you as a friend and a colleague for folks that don't yet know you and follow your work, which I think are few and far between listening to this, but for folks that don't, where's the best place that, that they can go to stay in touch with you? Thank you, Tim. Uh, so, so, so honored. You, so I've had the honor and privilege of working with and helping many pharmacists and students grow their personal brands all across the world. Your brand is my favorite because you embody the principles, the values. You are the best steward of your gifts I've ever seen in my life. So it is such an honor. So Thank you. I just want to give a, a shameless plug of real talk real, real, real quick there. <laughs> um, but if you want to see more smiling faces and goofy things, uh, feel free. The best place to interact with me is on Instagram. All one word, The Fit Pharmacist. I also have a podcast that I've been running for a little over five years now, a new episode every week. It is The Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. That's on your favorite podcast platforms, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, I'm there. So feel free to uh, subscribe on there if you want more content. Also on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, feel free to interact and engage, uh, but definitely make sure if, if you're not for some crazy reason, following Tim and your financial pharmacist, because he has such a gift for connecting and nurturing people that have an incredible spirit and value within them that he invests and nurtures so that they can then become the people that go and nurture and gift them. Uh, just an amazing quality that you have, Tim. And I'm just really inspired by you personally. So seriously, thank you for who you are and who you continue to become. Awesome, man. That means the the world to me. Uh, it really does. So I, I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm so grateful for you. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Thanks, Adam. An honor. Thank you. 